Ave Maria Mutual Funds, seeking the moral high ground for 20 years. Pro-life, pro-family, and Catholic values have guided us to the top. Magnificat has changed the daily prayer life of millions of Catholics worldwide. Each monthly pocket-sized issue includes prayers for the morning and evening, daily mass prayers and readings, meditations, saints' lives, essays, and more. Magnificat helps you pray the way the church prays. Email offers at magnificat.com to request a free copy. Visit Magnificat online by clicking on their website link in the show notes for this episode or download the app free for a month. Explore Magnificat and give your prayer life the beauty it deserves. Hello and welcome back to A Reason for Hope. My name is Mario Costabile and I am honored that you're joining us and listening to us today. Thanks for tuning in to A Reason for Hope podcast, your resource for interviews, catechesis, and candid conversations about our Catholic faith. Also, if you'd like to send us any of your thoughts or ideas, you can email us at podcast at arrayofhope.net. Make sure that you subscribe and follow us on your favorite podcast app so we can walk together on this journey of faith. And lastly, please prayerfully consider going to our donation page so you can help us do our work and serve the church. Our partnership with you will allow us to continue to create these podcasts. You can go to arrayofhope.org and navigate to the donation page. So today, David and I will continue our discussion about the creed. So let's get into it. Here we go. So Dave, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well, Mario. Thank I'm you. I'm super excited today. About? I don't know. <laughs> I'm excited. Filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a good day. We should be grateful, right? Amen. So I'm excited about this uh, this series here on the Creed. Um, it's just fun uh, for me. Uh, very enlightening, very deep. Um, every episode, we go deeper and deeper into our faith and the tenets of what we believe as, as Catholics. And today... Uh, we're going to move into the second article, and it is, and in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. Yep. It's heavy. Well, yeah. From here on in, it's all about Christ, pretty much, right? Yeah. It's heavy. Yeah. The uh, the thing about that is that it sounds so neat and clean, right? Nice it and does. tidy. It does. It's tidy. But it's- There's more to it. Yeah, there's a lot to it. <laughs> so to every it. one of those words is significant. So- Jesus Christ, you know, his only son, mm -hmm. and then our Lord. So let's let's take a look at some of those. I think it's the best way to deal with yeah, this yeah. article. The first is the name Jesus. Now, Jesus receives his name because the angel declares his name. The angel appears to Mary, the angel appears to Joseph, and says, you will name him Jesus. And then goes on to describe why he's named Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Mm. Now, what our listeners and viewers may not know is that the name Jesus is the Greek form of the Hebrew name Yeshua, and Yeshua literally means the Lord saves. So Jesus' name testifies to his mission. He has come 
He has come to save us. So this is stated in the Nicene Creed when the Creed says, for us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven for our sake and for our salvation. Right. So that's actually specified in the Nicene Creed. All we get is Jesus's name in the Apostles' Creed. We can continue to expand on this a little bit. At the time, Caesar, the emperors, considered themselves as the saviors of the world. And in fact, when they went and they conquered peoples, they really believed that they were saving those people. Mm -hmm. They were giving civilization. They were giving uh, all the benefits of the Roman Empire to those people. And so Caesar believed that this world domination and conquering of other peoples was a part of saving them. So this is interesting because it's Jesus who's the real savior, not mm -hmm. Caesar. There's a contrast drawn when we consider Jesus as the savior. It would have been scandalous in the Roman Empire to refer to anyone else as the savior other than Caesar. Mm. Wow. And so that's, uh, that's an important, I think, side uh, subtext. We're going to see that that subtext runs through all of these different titles. So, mm -hmm. so that's Jesus, Savior. Of course, the operative question is, how does Jesus save us? And we hear about that later, and we'll cover that in a future podcast episode when we talk about the passion. Mm -hmm. Because it's one thing to say, Jesus saves. Some sometimes you'll see those neon flashing lights saying Jesus saves, which is all well and good and important, but the question is how? How does Jesus save? That's, mm -hmm. the, that's what you need to look into. Mm -hmm. So we'll cover that another time. So what do we have? It says, and in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. So the second title is Christ. We've got his name, Jesus, and Christ. So this is from the Greek Christos, which is the Greek translation of the word Meshiach in Aramaic, which means Messiah. So really what Christ refers to is Jesus as the Messiah. Now, the word Christ in Greek means anointed one. And this is important for understanding a little bit about how the Messiah to come was viewed. The ones who were anointed ones in the scriptures were priests, prophets, and kings. Mm. So mm. the belief about the Messiah to come was that he was going to fulfill all three of those offices. He was going to be the prophet who speaks the words of God and on behalf of God, who speaks with the authority of God. He was going to be a priest to offer true sacrifice and true worship to the Father. Uh, many of the um, idolatries of, the, uh, of Israel in the Old Testament centered around false worship. So, so the, the Messiah to come was going to restore true worship, and in some sense even restore the true temple. And then lastly, um, king. So kings were anointed. And we see this all the time in the Old Testament, particularly kings are anointed by prophets. So the one who speaks on behalf of God is the one who anoints the king. Now, this is all very interesting. Of these titles, um, all contained, by the way, in the, the title Christ, uh, there's 
there's a few issues that are important as well, I think, for us to consider as regards the Roman emperor. Um, on, on a Roman coin of the time of Jesus, one side of the coin had Caesar dressed with a stole, and on the top of that coin, it said Pontifex Maximus, or high priest. Mm. So the emperor was considered to be the high priest, and yet here we have Jesus being referred to as the high priest. Now, of course, one of the one of the things that's really kind of cute. These are the sort of things that get me excited about, like the ironies of history, is that um, there there's no more Roman emperors, but yet there are people ruling in Rome that are successors of Saint Peter, and yet the last thing that Saint Peter probably saw when he was crucified by the Emperor Nero, was the obelisk in the circle of Nero. And that obelisk is now in St. Peter's Square. Yeah. And so the emperors are gone, Nero's gone, but the successor of Peter is still there. And what is Peter's Twitter handle, or should I say X, um, at Pontifex? Ave Maria Mutual Funds is an industry leader in morally responsible investing. Launched in 2001, their six funds adhere to strong pro-life and pro-family values. Match your investments to your moral beliefs. Call Ave Maria Mutual Funds today. Toll free 1-866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. The advisor invests in securities only if they meet the fund's investment and religious requirements, and as such, the return may be lower or higher than if the advisor made decisions based solely on investment considerations. The fund's method of security selection may or may not be successful, and the fund may underperform or outperform the stock market as a whole. All mutual funds are subject to market risk, including possible loss of principal. For a prospectus, which includes objectives, risks, fees, charges, expenses, and other information that should be read and considered carefully before investing, Call 1-866-AVE-MARIA. That's 1-866-283-6274 or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Distributed by Ultimus Fund Distributors, LLC. So if you're wondering how you can help this ministry, rating and reviewing this podcast is the best way to help others hear it, as well as sharing it with your friends and your family. So join us in this mission by rating, reviewing, or sharing this episode with someone you think needs to hear it. And we want to thank you for your continued support of A Reason for Hope podcast. So Pontifex oh, Maximus. So, so wow. now he, like, we've, they've co-opted the, the mm -hmm. emperor's language, right? Referring now to the Pope, who is the one who is ruling over Rome, so mm -hmm. to speak. Yeah. Um, so that would have been scandalous that Jesus was considered the priest of priests, the mm -hmm. high priest. Um, also in this regard, obviously Christ is a royal title. It was referring to the Messiah as the one who was going to restore Israel and the, and the kingdom of Israel and take the throne of David and be the heir of David, the king, the great king. So that's another important thing here is that Jesus being referred to as the Christ is immediately an act of treason because he's being declared as the king, the king of the Jews. And in fact, we know this is at least the, the Roman charge 
for his execution, that he's committed treason, mm -hmm. that he claimed to be the king. There's only one king according to the people of Rome, and that's Caesar. And to say anything other than that would be treason, an act of treason. So again, within this Messiah slash Christ title is jam-packed a lot, and a lot that rubs right up against the Roman world mm -hmm. as well as the Jewish world in which Jesus was living um, because he wasn't quite the Messiah mm -hmm. that, that was expected. Um, so that's Jesus and Christ. How are we doing? Are we doing We're right? doing good. So the next part is? Um, well, his only son, our Lord. Right. right. So, yeah, so yeah, yeah, his only son. So. And that, and we always fly through that when we're saying it. But what, what are we really attesting to? Yeah. So you know? I'm not going to talk about this too, too much because I think we'll devote the whole next podcast to it. Oh, really? Yeah, just one whole podcast okay. on Jesus being the okay. only begotten Son. Okay. But, but suffice it to say that the claim we're making is that Jesus is the Son of God, meaning by nature. So that he is consubstantial with the Father. He mm -hmm. himself is God. He has a divine nature. We're not talking about him somehow being adopted by God or being, you know, someone who has God's special favor, but rather he is the only son. Oh, speaking of uh, God's special favor, this is uh I mentioned about the Christ, how the kings were anointed by the prophets. Well, right, yeah. well, you could you could kind of see that that is happening at the baptism of Jesus with John the Baptist, that John the Baptist in the baptism of Jesus is acting as the prophet, prophet who yeah. is, you know, bringing attention to this is the chosen king, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not just a little interesting aside right. that I thought of as we were continuing on. So yeah, so I don't, I don't want to get too much into okay. Jesus as the Oops. only begotten son. Yeah. Um, although I will say this, just for the sake of, of maintaining continuity with how this can rub up against the Roman world and particularly be uh, seen as an act of treason to Caesar. That Roman coin I was talking about before that on one side has Caesar dressed as like Pontifex Maximus as the high priest. On the flip side of that was the bust of Caesar and the top part read Dei Filius, which is the son of God. Mm. So the emperor was considered the son of God. You know, I'm sure that maybe some of our listeners and viewers remember this from history class that Julius Caesar declared himself a god. So the emperor became a god that needed to be worshipped. And then, of course, the sons of Julius um, were called, and actually the Roman emperors to follow were con were considered the sons of God. Mm -hmm. So um, for Jesus to be the son of God was also claiming a title that referred to the emperor. So, so again, very scandalous. Scandalous and dangerous. And dangerous. It has yeah. a role. So the declaration <laughs> of Jesus as the Christ yeah. and the Son of God yeah. is um, going to get his followers into trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So uh, I, we can maybe leave it there. Yeah, no, it's good. And, yeah. and we have something to look forward to in the next episode, just more articles on Jesus. Yeah. And, and, and the, the last one, though, we can talk about is Lord. Jesus, his only son, our Lord. The thing about that phrase, Lord, that's really interesting is that we don't often consider what that meant at the time. You had lords and you had slaves. So you had the master and you had the servant. And although um, 
the kind of slavery we envisioned because of our past here in the United States was not the kind of slavery that was going on in the Roman world. The fact remains that the Lord owned the property that the servant worked. So the servant was allowed to sort of operate on the property to to, uh, reap the benefits of his labor, um, but a certain amount had to go to the Lord, and the property was owned by the Lord. And there was a really good chance that the Lord even owned the servant. And so what's being communicated in this is that everything we have is Christ's. Every good we can do is really because Christ has provided us with everything we have, and we owe first and foremost of that work to him as our Lord. In fact, we, we owe our very selves. We owe our very lives. We belong to our Lord Jesus. Mm. He owns us, and we do what he commands, just like a servant would do mm. what the master or Lord commands. So that's a very important um, phrase because, again, we just kind of throw it into Lord Jesus Christ, but we don't really think about that Lord refers to ownership, that that Jesus owns us, that as St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, that we are not our own, that we've been purchased at a price, right? And so really it's God who owns us Mm -hmm. and we should be living for him and everything we do is ordered to his glory and and uh, for his the the ex- extension of his kingdom or in the particular case you know of a lord of of the time would be to to grow the master's wealth mm-hmm. um, but we can look at that in terms of souls and everything mm-hmm. else that that's yeah. growing the master's wealth so lord in and of itself is a um, is a is a loaded term that we don't tend to think too much about yeah. It's awesome. Great. Great stuff, Dave. Uh, so we'll we'll meet him next time, right? All right. We'll All talk right. about his only begotten son and what son that Son of God. And, Jesus yeah. is the son of God. And that'll be a lot. So, Amen. All, All right. right. See you then. Peace. Peace. Hey, I'm Raymond Arroyo. Join us for the next A Reason for Hope podcast. I'm going to be talking about my latest endeavors, everything from albums to my family read picture books to much more. Join us. I am so glad that you join us for this episode, truly informative and very enlightening. I want to remind you to please, please, please share this podcast with as many people as possible. The more people know about it, the more people we can affect and share the beautiful teachings of our Catholic Church. Also, stay connected with us by following us on your favorite social media platform at R4H Podcast. That is the letter R, the number four, and the letter H Podcast. And also subscribe to our YouTube channel where you could see us on video. So thanks for joining us today. And there's always a reason for hope. This is Mario Costabile. Until next time, peace. Peace.